Welcome back, everyone, to an all-new episode of This is CX, our West Monroe podcast discussing all things customer experience. I'm Mike Manfredo, and I am joined today by my guest, Mazen Gallini, Managing Director here at West Monroe, who leads our newly formed Product and Experience Lab. Welcome back, Mazen. Thanks, Mike. Great to be here. And for those of you who've listened to previous episodes, we, we actually had Mazen on to discuss how CX leaders need to learn to speak CFO. That is talking about business outcomes in a way that the CFO becomes an ally and ensures funding for your CX initiative. So if you hear his voice and think it sounds familiar, there's a good chance you heard it here. Mazin actually recently wrote an article published on CMS Wire that you can check out the link in the show notes below to find it, discussing three key trends or needs for organizations to move from surviving to thriving in 2021. And I thought it'd be great to have him on to discuss further. Before we jump into our discussion, Mazin, I would think it'd be great to have you actually walk through and, and talk to the audience about our new practice, why we formed it, how it allows us to, to better serve our clients in the market. So can you talk a little bit about the new product and experience lab? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, and I'll keep it pretty brief, but you know, really when we wanted to evaluate you know, how did we want to approach digital in the market, you know, what we found is that I think as everyone sees that digital means basically everything and nothing to the marketplace. And it's very difficult to define what digital means in the market. And so we really wanted to focus on, well, what does it mean to us and what market segments do we want to play in? And where do we think that there's an opportunity? And we felt that there was really some white space in the market about bringing the end to end capability together. And what I mean by that is, you know, helping clients answer the big questions on how they enable their growth agenda through digital. You know, what is the right vision? What's the right strategy? But then ultimately, how do you carry that all the way through? And how does that get enabled operationally through all things digital? And so we want to be able to not only help set the stage, but then help bring that to life through execution of end-to-end -end experience delivery across analog and digital experiences and through mm -hmm. the design and build of digital products. And so as we thought about it, it's not only just about what our practice within the product and experience lab can bring, which you know, basically encompasses what I just described, but it's also how do we bring the full capability set across West Monroe, which allows us to not only set the strategy, but go all the way through execution on deep technology, data, and kind of organizational enablement as well. Well, thanks for that. And I agree as, as someone who's part of the newly formed team, I think the, the focus on operationalizing the customer experience, delivering that end-to-end -end experience, having the focus on execution is so critical because unfortunately, I do think a lot of organizations where they think about transformation, whether it's digital transformations, customer experience transformation, they do all these things, try to be customer-centric, but at the end of the day, they fall short on the actually making it real for their customers, for their employees, for their stakeholders. And so for me personally, that's what is making me most excited about that focus uh, that we can help our clients is on that, making it real and delivering those results. Um, so Absolutely. awesome. Well, I appreciate you walking everyone through that. Um, but let's talk about 2021 because... 2020, whew, you know, clearly this has been one of the most challenging years the globe has experienced. Um, it's been a year of figuring out how to change things on the fly, testing and learning to keep businesses open, heavily relying on digital experiences to engage with and continue to serve customers given all of the 
health challenges and employees even relearning how to work in a completely different environment. People being sent home to work remotely overnight. There's so much change that occurred in 2020, but now we're focusing on 2021. We know it's going to have its own challenges, but there is hope. You know, vaccines are continuing to roll out. Numbers are coming down. Certain elements of the economy are reopening. And what we're hearing and and actually what we saw in West Monroe's most recent executive poll for here in Q1, um, again, link is available in the show notes, that a lot of companies are putting 2020 in the rearview mirror and they're really beginning to focus on growth again in 2021. And when we were asking them about how they were planning on doing that, They specifically mentioned that they were focusing on front-end experiences and including e-commerce as a way to differentiate their organization and begin to grow again. So I think with that in mind, I'd love to talk about the three trends that you articulated in your article to help those companies shift from defense to offense and begin to grow again in 2021. So with that said, you know, What is our first trend uh, that you highlighted that companies need to consider in 2021 to move from surviving to thriving? Yeah. So it first starts out with being responsive, right? So, I mean, you talked about that, Mike, and totally agree with that. So it's accelerating rapid innovation through agile and adaptive business models. And really, this is is not just going to be a a one-year response to sort of swing the pendulum back from 2020, we'd expect that this becomes the new normal of that organizations are going to have to work faster and be more agile in terms of how they meet customers where they're at, because it's not only the customer expectations that are changing, it's market conditions, it's it's environmental factors and all of that, um, especially with you know the world not being totally out of the woods yet with the pandemic and to just there continuing to be you know some uncertainty there. And so mm-hmm. as businesses look to define where they're going to play in this new market, it's going to become increasingly important to differentiate through unique experience delivery. And, you know, oftentimes this topic of digital transformation is discussed as if it was a destination, right? Like you become transformed Mm -hmm. at some point and you arrive, you know, organizational transformation of any kind, uh, but in particular digital transformation especially in the world that we're living in, needs to be an ongoing state. It's not just a destination of that. Given the the pace that we're living in in the world and how dynamic the world is in, organizations really need to just think about that as like they're in an ongoing state of growth and transformation. And Mm -hmm. so that's really what we mean by adaptive business models is that you have to be able, you have to structure your business in such a way that it can be responsive and you have to anticipate that level of change continuing to be there. You know, and in a conversation the other day, we were discussing this and the analogy of a diet versus sustainable wellness came up on this topic. And I think that's just a great analogy, right? I mean, thinking of digital transformation as an end state would be thinking about it like a diet. Like I'm going to go through this process. It's going to be a two-year journey. I'm going to arrive and I'm going to be at my target weight. And then it's just going to stay there. And as if it's only one dimensional, right? I mean, sustainable Mm -hmm. wellness is more around, well, there is diet, but there's also exercise there's involved. There's mental health that's involved. There's all sorts of other things that come into play and it needs to be done in a sustained basis over time. Transformation is the same type of thing. Yeah. And I would say that 
just as a human being, an organization is, is a living, breathing entity that continues to evolve and find itself in, in different conditions, right? External conditions that would mean you need to continue to change the way that maybe you get your exercise or the way that you can only eat certain things over the time period of your life. So like having that introspective mindset of continuous improvement, continuously looking to find what's next to position yourself to be running in the most optimum way possible, whether that's you in your health or an organization and their health um, is something that you would absolutely need. So I totally agree. That's a great example. Um, So when we talk about becoming more agile, based on what you've seen over the years for organizations, where, where do they struggle or how can companies become more agile? Where do they need to focus? Yeah, I mean, really what it comes down to is that organizational agility is all about having the the structure and the mindset that enables you to sense and respond as needed to changing conditions, to changing market conditions, to changing consumer expectations, to emerging technologies, to new trends, to competition. So you have to be able to sense these changes that are happening and then have the structure that allows you to respond. And that is where kind of the agility comes in. And it's not just, you know, a function of technology. I mean, technology certainly plays a role in it, but you have to have Mm -hmm. the right internal conditions as well to enable that. And so the right internal conditions include things of how are you organized? Are you organized around the the customer? Are you incented to work in the best interest uh, of the customer? What are your organizational priorities? And are those clear from the top on down? And are you structured in such a way that you've removed internal roadblocks that when you do need to respond, you can move quickly? So for example, you know, for years, we've known that, that, that the best customer experiences are ones where the company delivering the experience is oriented and built around the customer needs and desired outcomes. But that's true now more than ever. And so mm-hmm. the way that we're seeing you know, companies do that is taking this, what we're calling this multidisciplinary team structure approach around the customer journey so that they can deliver on these experiences seamlessly so that you have clear accountability within the organization of who owns each part of the customer journey. And that helps eliminate internal finger pointing and helps eliminate breakdowns in the customer experience. On the technology side, you do have to simplify the infrastructure that you have Um, You have to find ways to get rid of the technical debt, get access to the right data and connect all that together so that you do have sort of the sensory nodes out there that are going to give you those feedback mechanisms to let you know when things are changing and and when customer sentiment is changing. And that's really where having the on the customer sentiment side is having, having the right infrastructure to gather those data points from a voice of the customer perspective, understanding needs um, and all of that. And lastly, I would say from from an employee experience perspective, I mean, this connects to, again, having the right mindset internally and having the right conditions of you do have to make sure that internally your employees are enabled to deliver upon what it is that you're trying to do for your customers. And now more than ever, you know, the employee Mm -hmm. experience has been disrupted just as much as the customer experience. And so organizations that are going to win are going to be the ones that are thinking about, well, what is what does life post-pandemic look like for my organization? 
how are we going to work differently? Are we going to continue in this all remote mode? Are we going to move to a hybrid model? Um, what does that look like? And what are the implications to my customers on that? What are the implications to my organization's ability to respond as things change? And so these are all things that organizations need to take into consideration. That's great. Yeah, that's some great stuff there, Mazin. I think that idea of sense and respond, I think is so powerful. Um, and I think it's, you know, if you look at some of the the organizations that are held up as true customer centric or, or, you know, kind of the cream of the crop digital type companies, um, it may not be that the, the first idea is the right one or the second idea is the right one, but if you're structured internally appropriately to be able to sense and respond and to be able to react to what you're putting out there, you're going to be able to accelerate and get to growth faster. I think an interesting maybe example that is out there is Netflix. If you think about Netflix, the original business model of Netflix when they were competing with Blockbuster was physical discs, right? The whole streaming piece, that was the second, the third, the fourth idea. Netflix was actually, you know, you were sending discs through the mail. Yeah, you got to keep them for for longer than you would at a Blockbuster, but that's not necessarily going to differentiate yourself. But if you are able to sense and respond and understand that this idea may not work, but now we understand better where customers are going, what their needs or interests are, and we can pivot our organization in a way to meet that need quickly, then you can outpace your competition and you can ultimately set yourself up to be a leader in your market. And that's what Netflix has done, right? They've been able to, because they're the way they're structured internally, they're able to sense and respond. And they were able to actually move beyond those first couple ideas to get to the one that was the home run through feedback from customers and uh, being structured in a way that allowed them to do that. So I think that idea of sense and respond is so critical. I agree. Let's talk about your, your second trend. Yeah, so the, the the second point is all about connecting digital and analog experiences together across the customer journey. And so mm. I think what can't be lost in this is that when we talk about digital transformation, you know, it, it's it's not just being delivered all in a digital world. That in most cases, most companies, there are a few that are 100% digital, but in most cases there are analog touch points to that experience. Mm -hmm. There are in-person interactions there, you know, whether it's through somebody from a relationship management perspective, whether it's, you know, going to, to a branch, whether it's even in Amazon has a, as digital as Amazon is, has analog components to it of that they do, you know, somebody from Amazon delivers the package to your house. That's an actual, you know, in-person analog sort of touch point in the journey. And so as we, continue to accelerate down this path of digital transformation and digital experiences, we can't forget that there has to be this coordination uh, across the analog and the digital. And, and that's, you know, I think largely in part because it's highly unlikely that as human beings that we will ever really want to be in a fully digital world. I think we're starting to see that now with the pandemic. I mean, there's a lot of strain on humanity right now because People are basically living in a fully digital world and human beings are social creatures and want a sense of community. And so they want to have in-person interactions. And so as you as an organization, when you think about where you need to continue to evolve, 
we'd encourage organizations to think about that, of that full connectivity across the analog and digital touch points within a journey. So how will organizations bring these experiences together, especially, you know, I think short term, right? We know that there's still the impact from the pandemic, right? There's still safety concerns, but even longer term, like how will organizations start to bring these things together that connect that analog and digital elements together? Think about even during the pandemic of how organizations and just industry segments as a a whole have responded. So take just a couple specific examples. So 18 months ago, the notion of curbside retail pickup was pretty far and few between. I mean, some that happened in some places, but it's pretty much commonplace now, right? Of that you go to a home, you go to a target, you go any sort of retail place, they have a curbside aspect to that. And and there's a there's a big digital component to that. And the retailers that you know have accelerated during this time are the ones that probably had the digital infrastructure in place already to allow them to get those digital tools out in the market quickly. But the thing is, if that you if you just deploy the digital tools, like for example, if you have a curbside app and it's connected to your e-commerce experience and it lets you know the individual schedule a time to come and pick something up. All of that will break down if the analog part of that experience isn't delivered upon, right? So if I drive up to the mm-hmm. store and there isn't clear signage, or so I don't know where to go, uh, or they are understaffed, and so there isn't anybody that could actually bring the product out to me, or if they just the the there's a digital disconnect between the inventory, right? So the actual inventory isn't in the store then the whole experience breaks down, even if you had you know, a wonderful digital experience leading up to that. You take a similar example with COVID testing. And there's a lot of appointment setting happening around that. There's even drive-through COVID testing. And a lot of that can be managed digitally, the scheduling of the appointment, the submitting of all your information in advance. But if you get there and the scheduling isn't aligned to the reality of what's available, um, they don't have a, a slot to take you or the information you submitted in advance didn't come through. Now you're adding stress to an already stressful experience and it's starting to break down on the analog uh, side of the experience. And so we want to make sure that we're understanding that whole experience so that we can deliver a human experience that's going to be engaging and frictionless to the end customer. Yeah, the rise of the appointment experience, I think, is interesting Um, And it'll be interesting to see how organizations over time coming out of the pandemic over the next 12 months or so into kind of what will stay and what will go. But, you know, I've had some really interesting experiences, for example, um, Patagonia. I actually received a Christmas gift, but needed to exchange it. And so... Patagonia actually set up by appointment a time to come into the store to be able to make that switch out. And, you know, for someone myself who I'm kind of on the conservative side when it comes to, I don't want to really be out and about much with everything that's been going on. It might have made me uncomfortable to be in a store. Well, being able to do it by appointment to make it feel safer, they can give you one-on-one attention. They can help meet your need right then and there while still being safe, I think is interesting that 
again, from digital to be able to set all that information up, provide the information forward as best I could, but then actually going in and connecting with that employee to kind of help me through that experience in person, I think was really well done where it was stitched together and felt end to end versus, oh, I'm doing something online and now I'm doing something in the store and now, okay, I get a mailing notification because my replacement is on the way, et cetera, et cetera. It didn't feel disjointed. It felt all end to end. And so I think where organizations can think about that and stitch it together. So it feels like one thing, not Frankenstein. Um, that's going to be really important, especially during today. Yeah, I think that connects well, actually, to kind of the third point around data, right? Of that mm-hmm. As these types of experiences are around longer, it would be good for Patagonia to know that you have those sensitivities and preferences about um, how you want to be engaged with, right? Of that, um, that different customers are going to have different preferences, right? And those are going to be rapidly evolving. And so being able to understand that and capture that is, is really important. Yeah, so let's dive deeper into that third trend. So that third trend is is leveraging that customer data to drive your improvements in CX. What else have you seen or, or where has that continued to evolve? We know that data has been an important part and, and certainly a lot of people have been talking about it over the last uh, handful of years. It feels like it's really accelerated, but uh, where are you seeing the big changes when it comes to being able to leverage that data? Yeah, it goes back to the, the notion of the sense and respond, right? It's that you want to first get clear about what data that you need to get access to, to really understand how you need to respond to the market needs and changing uh, customer expectations, but then connect that insight to then how you're operating as an organization to give you the ability to actually respond, right? So you don't want to just have the insight. You want to then be able to act on that insight. And the comment I was making related to your experience, I think, ties to segmentation analysis. And so well gone are the days of segmenting customers based on demographics alone. You need to be able to understand preferences and behaviors in an ongoing and real-time fashion. So again, that Patagonia example, they should be able to now log that of like, that was the type of experience preference that you had, that you came in and you scheduled it versus a walk-in type of session, right? Because that was important to you. So now that they can communicate with you in a different way on a go forward basis. And, and so I think with all of that, the, the concerns around data privacy are still there. And so that has to be kind of an ongoing thing that organizations think about and that trade-off in how do you provide sort of a mutual value exchange back to the customer Mm -hmm. through the use of their data of that you earn their trust that you're going to use it wisely but that they are willing to give you certain data because they know that they're going to get a value exchange back in response uh, to that data. Yeah. So it's interesting. We've been talking about these as if they were separate trends, but let's, let's be real here. I think by bringing these things together, organizations can drive real value and these things are really interdependent. So maybe you can touch on how these things are connected uh, and frankly, kind of work in concert. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sort of starting with the with the last point, I think it's you know leveraging the data and insights to inform your more agile and adaptive business model, so that you can be more responsive to market needs and customer needs. And to be able to do that, that also requires 
a simpler and more manageable infrastructure within your organization of how you manage customer data, uh, you know, working towards that, uh, that golden customer master data set and having that connected with the rest of your technology ecosystem to give you the ability to not only collect, sense, and interpret, but then also have the infrastructure organizationally uh, to ultimately respond in, in a timely fashion. But really, it's at the end of the day about connecting and collecting the experiential data across the different journeys to ensure that we're measuring the impact of new experiences and then feeding that back into sort of the innovation loop within the organization so that you're continuously gathering the data, thinking about the analog and digital experiences and how they're all uh, connected, and then adjusting your organizational business model and evolving the conditions internally for success as needed. Excellent. All right. Well, I can't let you get out of here until you let me know what big prediction, if you have any, uh, for 2021 that we haven't touched on. And then I will also share one of what I think are one of my big predictions for 2021. Yeah, sure thing. You know, I think um, the past year has really been interesting for humanity. And it's, it's I think, f- forced people and businesses to think about the human experience in ways that they haven't had to before. There's just a, a, a depth of empathy that needs to be incorporated into any sort of experience that an organization delivers, whether it's externally with its customers or internally with employees of just being cognizant and sensitive to all of the stressors and changes that are happening in the world and what everybody is going through. And so I believe that that's driving people to think more towards a purpose-driven type of world. And so I think what we'll see is more human-driven or values-driven type of alignment within organizations and trying to connect what they do to the purpose that people want to be a part of. So for example, banks focusing on things like financial wellness, not just relationships and transactional Mm -hmm. money exchange, but how does an institution connect with a customer at a human level and understand the totality of what they're dealing with as a person and how they support them on a, a lifetime of financial wellness through the ups and downs of life like we've had through this past year. Things like within the healthcare sector, patient-based and patient-centered care. You're seeing a lot of healthcare organizations starting to connect the dots across the insurance and the health system's life cycle of how do you treat it as one patient experience? How do you put the patient at the center of that? Because you know, as we went through this year, there's a lot of life stressors that people have to deal with that feed into the, you know, the, the transaction that they might be having with you as an organization. And just mm-hmm. more broadly, there's this notion of, of a more inclusive, diverse, and equitable customer experience, I think, will be pervasive through, uh, through that as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the, the one other big prediction that you briefly mentioned in the alignment trend um, really comes around the impact to employee experience. I think there's going to be a continued focus in the employee experience, especially on the mental health of employees. I don't know if you saw, but Microsoft actually just announced a new platform that they're calling Viva, which is really meant to target a lot of this. It's about, you know, how do you engage with your employees, whether it's digitally or, you know, in an analog sense to ensure that the organization is able to provide the 
appropriate environment and support that they need to move through and, and deal with all the stressors, as you've been mentioning. I think employee experience will continue to evolve to not just include empowerment and its ability to deliver on the CX, which I think is one of the ultimate goals, but it's also to ensure that employees feel, again, included, back to that inclusion and diversity uh, and equity piece, but that they're set up to be successful, um, not just in their jobs, but in their own personal situations and how do they manage to that. And so I actually think that there's going to be a lot of talk around how do you improve upon and really think about being intentional around that employee experience, including the mental health part, uh, to continue to support your employees in, in support of your customer experience. So, and, and that's actually something that we plan to talk on this podcast uh, later this year as well. That's great. I love that. Awesome. Well, Mazin, I just want to say thank you for joining me to kick off our 2021 series for This Is CX. I'm looking forward to, to working with you and with our clients and see how these trends really pan out and, and drive real outcomes for companies, for employees, and for customers. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the opportunity to be here. Thank you. And, and thank you to all of you who joined us uh, for this episode. As always, we appreciate when you stop by to listen and would love to hear if you have any specific predictions or key trends that you're looking at to drive success in 2021. As always, you can reach out to us via the email in the show notes or on social media, or leave us a review for the podcast wherever you, you do listen to your podcast. And uh, take care. We hope you have a great start to 2021 and uh, stay safe. Thanks. Thanks.